It's going to be a super fun episode of Locked on Tar Heels today. We've got a great conversation with somebody that you've probably never even heard of. That's right. This young lady has been a beat writer for the women's lacrosse team for the Daily Tar Heel, a student staffer for the football team working with offensive linemen, and now, after just graduating, is working for the Rams club. That's right. Sophia Chikalski is her name, and we're talking to her on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's All Tar Heels website, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so subscribe right now. If you're watching on YouTube, while you're doing that, smash the like button, leave a comment. Maybe you've got some questions for Sophia that you'd want to ask, and we can get into that. Well, uh, man, let's just get right on into this. Here it is, my conversation with recent Carolina grad, Sophia Chikalski. So good to be joined today by Sophia Chikalski. And if that name sounds familiar, you you might remember that back on Mother's Day, we featured a story about her mom and some experiences they had uh, as big Tar Heel fans. And uh, Sophia, as we said in the open, has just graduated. Congratulations, Sophia, on your graduation and welcome into the show. Thank you so much for having me, Isaac. Absolutely. It's so good uh, to have you in here. And, and it's so cool to be able to um, talk to you with somebody that's just recently graduated, but you've worn all these cool hats um, through your time as a student of being following the women's lacrosse team and, and being a beat writer for them and then being very entrenched uh, with the football team, if we can make that pun about offensive line. And then now uh, what you're doing just immediately after graduation. And so we want to get into all those things, but I want to start with the women's lacrosse team because just about a week ago, they won a national championship. What what was it like for you as someone who has followed this team for so long to see that come to fruition? Oh my gosh. I feel so much connection to this team. Um, a lot of, I've had classes with a lot of the players and um, just getting to know them and interview them as I, as I covered a lot of their stories in 2020. Um, was just such a special gift and you know women's athletics at Carolina is just crazy I don't I don't <laughs> think there's another place in the country that um, that has such dominant women's programs year in and year out like we do um, and I feel like sometimes that doesn't get a lot of media coverage outside of mm. you know local media so um, to write and cover their their games for the Daily Tar Heel was just a really cool experience. And I remember just sitting there for a lot of the games, you know, either whether it was taking pictures or just taking notes on the game to write for later, I was like, oh my gosh, this team is really good. They could go all the way. They could do a lot with this. Um, And so then to see them come so close the next year um, and just fall a little bit short, it was, it was really heartbreaking, but I knew that a lot of them would come back with COVID years and um, really come back with a passion and a motivation like they hadn't had before. And to be able to see that happen this year was just, I was so proud to, um, have been able to know people on that team um, 
and to be a Tar Heel and cheer them on. Yeah, that's great. And so speaking of, of your time writing, just share with us, if you will, when, when all it was that you were covering the team. Yeah, so I covered the team um, during their 2020 season, so 2020 to 21, um, all throughout that year from regular season to postseason. Cool. And so did that did that start like back in the spring of 2020 when COVID hit and everything, or was it that next academic year? It was that next academic year. Okay, cool. So <laughs> everyone's at that point trying to figure out like, what is this athletic season going to seem like? Thankfully for the lacrosse team, they're in the spring. And so uh, things had already kind of got rolling and moving a little more. And so we, we knew a little bit more what was going on, but it was still um, hectic. So what was it like to cover this team as we're all trying to figure out like, what is this new athletic world we're living in? Yeah, so I actually started working at the Daily Tar Heel in August of 2020. Um, okay. So it was just when UNC as a whole, as a university, was trying to figure out how to do classes and how to, you know, still be a community while in this unprecedented pandemic that no one had ever dealt with before. Um, so, and part of that, I was like, I'm going to come in as someone covering sports. Am I going to be able to even go to these games? Am I going to have wow. to um, watch these online? Am I going to have to, you know, am I going to be able yeah. to even talk to some of these players and coaches? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was really, I felt really grateful that the athletics programs made sure that, you know, we were taken care of and um, they were just very, very accommodating to us. And uh, they were able to put measures in place that kept everybody safe, which was um, just amazing. And I was able to actually go to most of the events cool. um, in person, which obviously is preferred. You know, you get a feel for the atmosphere and the event. And then um, as we got more towards the end of the 2021 spring semester, you know, a lot more fans were able to come out and um, enjoy the games as well, which was really cool. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And you talked about how close they got that season. Obviously, it had been several seasons of that, making the Final Four in 18 and 19. Probably would have done so in 20 if it hadn't been canceled. And then this year that you were covering the team, where they're, they're undefeated, they had, they had had some close calls down the stretch there where they had to make these incredible comebacks and then ultimately, once again, lost to Boston College in that Final Four. What, what was it like to track all along with this phenomenal team, uh, undefeated at that point, and then all of a sudden you just run into this roadblock. Um, it's almost, I would imagine, you feel some of what the team's feeling. Take us inside yourself for that. Yeah, I, I'm i just a passionate UNC fan through and through. It doesn't <laughs> matter what team. Ever since coming to school here, I just I fell in love with this place. I've, I've said before to my friends that coming to this university feels a lot like winning the lottery. It's so mm. special and it's so unique and it's just got a community like nothing else um, and athletics programs like nothing else. So to, to cover this team and to track with them, I, f I felt like I wanted to be able to still honor them mm. and all their hard work because a lot of times, mm. you know, all the media coverage, all the glory, all the social media posts, all the praise, it all goes towards the winning team. And it just seems like the losing team in the national championship just no, no longer talked about. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to be able to celebrate their accomplishments with them, whether that was 
you know, in, in interviews and writing or just even like passing them in, in on campus and letting them mm. know like, hey, great season. I wanted to make sure that they they knew that they didn't um, they didn't let us down as a Carolina family, that we were still more proud than ever. Absolutely. Like, thank you for that. I, I just feel like there's this culture where it's like championship or bust. And it's like, do you like at, at this point now you've made five straight final fours. Uh, you know, obviously we take away 2020 cause that didn't happen, but my goodness, like that's insane. And so we like, and I'm not advocating that it's like participation trophy central, but when you're making final four after final four after final four, it's insane. And so what, what does that say about coach Jenny Levy and what she's been able to do with this program? Jenny Levy to me is just an enigma. I think <laughs> she is such an amazing coach. Um, and I think because we have so many hall of fame, legendary coaches at UNC, you know, sometimes we don't get to hear about the Jenny Levy's. Um, mm. And now with winning that national championship, you know, she's going out and she's doing a lot of interviews and people, she's getting that recognition that I feel like she finally deserves, you know, being at Carolina for over 25 years now, um, she has just, she has literally cultivated this program and turned it into something absolute, like an absolute dynasty, um, <laughs> you know, making those final fours back to back to back. Um, while I was at the Daily Tar Heel, I actually did a feature on her. Um, mm. and it was titled she's so Zen because as I was talking <laughs> to the players, I talked to Ali Mastriani and Scotty Rose Growney, And I was like, you know, what's she like in the locker room? Like, what are the th type of things that she says to motivate you guys to get you guys ready to play? And they were like, honestly, she says really crazy, weird out of the blue things. <laughs> like she, I think one thing she said was, you know, keep it at a simmer. She was like, don't let it boil yet. Talking about like keeping their emotions in play and all these things like that. And she, they were like, she never falters. A lot of, a lot of teams will have a bad game and their coach will come and yell at them in the locker room. And you know what, that's their style, whatever, that's fine. But she will come back in from a bad half and go, guys, isn't this so much fun? Like, aren't you just having fun out there? Don't you just love playing this game? And I think that was really evident in, um, the semifinal round against Northwestern. Yes. I felt like as I was watching her, she never like seemed stressed. She never seemed worried. She was just kind of there just, you know, being like that core faith of her team. Like, yeah. I know we can yeah. do this, take this one at a time. And at the end, she finally let herself celebrate. And I was like, she's, she is so Zen looking at that. I was like, that's the perfect embodiment of that. I love that. And, and I love that you took that to that Northwestern, the semifinal from this year, because that's exactly what I was going to ask you about. And so um, just the the team exhibits the spirit of their coach in so many ways. And when, when the coach believes in you, when the coach believes in the team, that goes so far. Now, Sophia, you, you talked about this, the dynasty of women's teams at North Carolina. And for me, that traces all the way back. That's Anson Dorrance written all over it. And, and that the, just the dynasty that is the women's soccer team. In fact, I, I just saw today that uh, the ACC is about to, or ACC Network's about to do a documentary on the women's soccer team. And for you, as a woman, someone who has been influenced by that, and you see the success, continued success of the soccer team, of the lacrosse team, of the field hockey dynasty, what, what does that, 
do for you as a woman witnessing all these great women? Carolina does such a good job at supporting and promoting and encouraging their women's athletics and women in sports in general. Um, you know, it's hard to break into a male dominated field as a woman. Um, and at my time here, I felt like I've been nothing but encouraged and mm. seeing teams like the women's soccer team and lacrosse and field hockey to see them to be able to be so dominant and uh, so confident and motivated has really just inspired me to know that I'm at a place that's going to support me. Um, and if that's what they can do here, then I know that I can do it too. Obviously not mm. as a player, but just as a, as a woman in the sports industry. I love it. So when you look back specifically at your time covering the women's lacrosse team, and if, if you could just pull out one moment and say, man, that, that was my special moment or the, the thing that will always be in my head from that season of covering them, what would it be? I think getting to write that feature was so special um, and getting to see Jenny Levy's reaction as she read it. Um, I just felt like I, when I learned that it was her 25th year as the head coach, I just really wanted to honor that um, mm -hmm. because she is such a humble person. Um, I just wanted to be able to honor her and say, Hey, you've done an amazing thing. And I think more people need to know about it. Um, just so to be able to talk to her players and, you know, talk to her and get her reactions on things. Um, it was just really so special. And I felt like I was able to see um, such an amazing program from like behind the curtain. And um, it was something that was really special and heartwarming. And I'll always treasure that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Well, uh, Sophia had some very likely football players that she hung out with for a long time this past season. Who was it? We're going to talk about it in just a minute. But first, we've been asking and Built Delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. They come in three unbelievable flavors. Let me give them to you. Chocolate peanut butter. Yes. Chocolate coconut. I'm not a coconut fan, but I know a lot of people who are and love it. And white chocolate berry. Yes, give me those bookends, and I'll leave the chocolate coconut for you to eat. <laughs> Want to try all three of them? You can get a, big, a mixed box of that at Built.com right now. These are so different from the Built Bars and the Built Puffs. Built Granola Bars are loaded with, what do you know, granola. Perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and puffs, these guys are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. Clocking in at 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and just 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your granola bar world. Built has cracked this code to getting you better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or even eat as a snack. And as always, they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So, if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, look no further. Head to Built.com right now and get you some Built Granola Bars. Don't miss out. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
We are joined here today on Locked on Tar Heels by Sophia Tchaikovsky. We just talked about her time covering the women's lacrosse team for the Daily Tar Heel. <laughs> and now, huge pivot, we're going to talk about her time as a student staffer this past season with Carolina's football team. So, Sophia, how did you get into this? So, um, I grew up a huge football fan. My dad went to Auburn University, and so I grew up watching War a Eagle. lot of SEC. Yes, War Eagle always. <laughs> um, I often feel very torn because it seems like those two teams have been competing a lot recently. Yeah. Um, but I, so I, I grew up watching a lot of SEC football and, you know, seeing it on the big stage. And so football was always like my number one favorite sport. I just felt so connected to it as an Auburn fan growing up watching the kick six and the miracle and Jordan Hare and the comeback and all these crazy games. Um, just seeing the stories behind it and seeing people celebrate, that's when I knew what I wanted to do, that I wanted to be involved in, in sports somehow. Um, and so I saw a post on Twitter um, that said, hey, we're looking for uh, – Carolina students who want to help out with the football program in the video department, send your resume to this person. And I thought, that sounds perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. So um, it was the summer before my senior year, and I went ahead and sent that in and then um, ended up talking to Zach Peters, who is the head of the department there, who's just awesome guy, super fun. Um, and he offered me the internship, and I thought, this is going to be amazing. It was like a dream come true for me because um, when I came to Carolina, my first football game was the Miami game. It was the first mm. football game I had ever been to as a student. And it was insane. It was like everything you could ever <laughs> wish for. Just like this last minute, crazy, crazy touchdown. And the place just erupted. And I remember, I, I remember thinking to myself then, that's what I want to do. I want to be down there. I want to be on that field. I want to be in this program because this place is really special. And so it really felt kind of surreal, like a dream come true to be able to have that happen. Um, and, you know, be involved in that program at such a, such a personal level, like, um, this position gave me the opportunity to do. Okay. And so what was that position? What, what specifically did you do? So I was a uh, football video student manager. So um, us as the video department, it was comprised of a video director, assistant video director, and then um, a group of students who would each take different position groups. Um, some of us would film on remote cameras and some of us would film on handhelds on the ground. And we would um, edit that so that uh, coaches and players were able to review their film, you know, right after practices and games and, and game plan and film sessions. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yes. And so specifically for you, what position group did you work with? So I worked with the offensive line. Um, I was on the ground with a handheld, which is a little scary. Um, <laughs> as a five foot six woman, I, I mean, these guys are huge. These are like the biggest guys, um, biggest guys on the field, if not some of the biggest. And so, and they're much faster than you would think too, much faster. So to have them running at you, you know, I've taken a few uh, cleats to the shin, um, but it was all, it was all worth it. It was, it was so fun. Yeah. And, and it's, it's neat because I, I, I'm curious, like 
how like did you start developing relationships with these linemen how 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 did they treat you those kind of questions I think at first the year before they had um a guy down on the field with them and so when I came in um you know the coaches so great um it was uh Stacy Searles at the time and he was like all right let's get to work and I think the players <laughs> were a little you know they're very polite they have wonderful manners um you know the, the program instills that in them. And so I think they were kind of like a little, like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be <laughs> too friendly with her, but I don't want her to think I'm ignoring her. Um, and then as time went on, you know, things happened and we would all crack some jokes. And then um, I actually got to be pretty close with, you know, some of the players and the coaches as well. And so um, just such a cool opportunity, especially for, you know, to be able to go back and, and see these players and to see them succeed after. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. In fact, two of whom were drafted by the New York Giants and, and seeing them go on. It's uh, so cool to see what they're doing and where they're continuing to go. And I know that'll be fun for you to get to watch as well. Um, Sophia, that, you know, that was a group that coming into last year, everyone thought would be a strength for the Tar Heels. And unfortunately, it, it turned out not to be for various reasons, injury and things like that. And uh, Sam Howell was under pressure a lot of the season. So as this team was dealing, as this position group was dealing with that adversity, what, what was it like for you to be on the inside of that? Um, I think through this past season, I realized that the O-line is the most important, pivotal, <laughs> and underrated position on the field. Because when something goes wrong, everyone blames the O-line. They're, they're quick to point fingers at, oh, the guard didn't do this, this bad snap <laughs> from the center. And then when something goes right, no one thinks about the O-line. They think about the skill players, which of course are extremely important as well. But yeah, um, sure. it's just, a, it can be a very thankless job at some times. Oh. Um, and so, I mean, obviously expectations were very different from what ended up happening. And um, it it was to me what was really really um exemplary was to see the way that they kind of used mm. a lot of that criticism and turned it into motivation um I, I know that brian anderson spoke on it specifically after the virginia game um and to be able to see them you know kind of make that turning point and start to come together as a group after fall camp and you know a few off games um was just something that I really admired. And the fact that, you know, throughout the season, they didn't give up. They didn't give up at all. And um, they kept working through it. And even if they weren't necessarily growing as a team one week, I saw a lot of personal growth. Um, and so that was really, really eye-opening. Yeah, man, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. that. That's the kind of stuff that people just don't get to see when when they're hiding behind Twitter and, and pointing fingers and things like that. And just think it's so important to, to remember that these are, 18 to 22 year old young men just trying to figure out life and uh, stop people from tackling their quarterback. Like it, they're, they're humans. And so, so thank you for sharing that insight and wisdom. What were game days like for you? Oh my gosh. Game days were the best part of the experience. <laughs> they were so much fun. We would get there a few hours before um, the video department has their own office in, in Keenan football center on the top full on the top floor um and uh we you know we would 
have some food. We would fuel up. A lot of our, our games, I think, were noon kickoff. So we had to get there pretty early. Um, yeah. But And I'm, I am not a morning person by any <laughs> means. But in games and practices, I was excited to get up at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. I was looking forward to it, which shows just how much fun it was. Um, and those game days, they they were something else. You know, um, there was a a lot of media expectation coming into the season. And I think a lot of people were really discouraged when it didn't happen um, exactly how they thought it would or exactly how a lot of reporters thought it would. Um, but to still see that Carolina family come out and cheer on the heels every game was just amazing. I mean, I got to be on the field up and close. I got to take some really cool videos just for like my own personal yeah. usage yeah. of like just standing like the, the line – uh, the field line to be out was just like right there. And there I am like two steps back. And it was, I had never, ever seen football up that close in those angles. And so it was just a really unique experience to be able to, you know, like run out, run out of the tunnel behind them and take videos of them doing warm ups. And um, it was just an incredible, insane opportunity. And if there, are, if anytime I meet um, a student at Carolina, I'm like, you got to do this. If you have the time, you got to do this. It's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And part of what I think has brought this atmosphere is Mac Brown coming back to Chapel Hill. And so this year that you were serving was his third year back uh, in Mac Brown 2.0. What what is the the vibe like? What is it like to be around him? This just centrifuge uh, of of action and, and excitement and energy. No joke, Mac Brown is one of the nicest people I have ever met. Mm. And I will always tell people that. I think between Mac Brown and Hubert Davis, UNC has the <laughs> nicest head coaching duo in all of college sports. Like the nicest out there. Um, but Mac is just so nice. And, um, you know, he has a lot to do. He has a lot on his plate. He is constantly yeah. juggling a lot of things, especially with this past summer with, um, you know, the transfer portal changes and then NIL being introduced as well. He's always busy. I mean, there's really no time off for, for a power five head coach. Um, and he takes time to care about everybody in the program everybody, volunteer coaches, student staffers. He always, you know, comes by and will say hello. If we pass him, he always gives us a handshake, genuinely asks how we're doing. And to me, that was just such a, such a great sign of cultivating a program that's not just driven by like, you know, putting up numbers, but by actually changing a culture and growing something from the ground up that serves people beyond just winning a game. Like he said, yeah. it's a forty-year decision, not a four-year. And I, I mean, he really, he truly, he truly lived that out while I was there. Yeah, gosh, that's great. That that's that's what people see and think and anticipate. But it's so good to hear it from someone that has been on the inside of it and lived it and experienced it. So thank you for sharing that. Same question I asked you about women's lacrosse. If you could pull out just one single moment from this experience last year, what was it? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, but I think one of my favorite ones was the home game against Wake Forest. Mm. I mean, that was kind of like um, the pinnacle of our season. Um, you know, a lot of people had kind of written us off at, at that point and Wake Forest was projected to be the winner of the conference with no one stopping them. And I think they kind of came in with a little bit um, 
I don't know. I think we came in with a chip on our shoulder and I think they weren't expecting that. Um, And so that game, I wasn't on the field. I was actually up right below the scoreboard. So very high up. It was cold. (laughs) It was windy. We were up there with our hand warmers filming on the cameras. Um, And my parents actually got to come to that game. And as I've said, you know, on, she's just a she's a crazy Carolina fan crazy (laughs) and so she was so excited to be there she was like I'm not missing this game and it's it's funny because every game she went to we won every game she didn't go to we lost so I was like okay you got to come to this one she's good luck charm um and she came and I was up there and I had this really really cool shot of everybody just rushing the field from all angles I had it was kind of like a bird's eye view and it was so special to be able to see that you know my senior year I felt like um a lot of people had you know written us off and people said oh there's not gonna be anything really special this season and so to have that special moment to always look back on was so important and and to see people celebrating on the field, especially after, you know, just like a dark time in that semester um, for UNC in general. Um, it was just, it was really special to be able to, as a Carolina family, to come together and celebrate that. Um, yeah. So I, I was so grateful for that. And then also my parents rushed the field and I got to go to go meet them <laughs> out there and be like, okay, let's go get dinner. So that was really yes. fun. Yes, I love that. That's a great memory. Thank you so much for sharing with us all about your experiences working with the Carolina football team. And now Sophia's graduated and she's still working for Carolina. What's she doing? We're going to talk about it in just a second. I've got an important favor to ask you. We at Locked On have put together a survey so that we can learn more about listeners and viewers just like you and to make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you love and what you don't love quite as much about Locked On Podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take you very long and everyone who fills out the survey will be entered for an opportunity to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So to take our audience survey, once again, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks so much for your help. We are joined on Locked on Tar Heels today by Sophia Chikalski, recent Carolina grad. Big congrats to you, recent graduate. What's it been like to move uh, out of being a student and into the real world? Um, I don't think it still feels real yet. Um, I The first time I was, after I graduated, I was, you know, walking around campus, walking through the student stores, and I saw uh, like a Carolina alumni shirt. I was like, oh my gosh, that's me now. I don't want to leave this place. (laughs) So I feel really lucky to um, have a job where I get to stay here. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what what was your major? What did you graduate with? Um, I graduated from the Hussman School of Media and Journalism um, with a major in media and journalism and a certification in sports media. Hey, there you go. Then you're doing the right thing. (laughs) You are on your way. And so as you said, I want to stay around here. And so you did. What is it you're doing now and and how did you get that? So um, I recently joined the Rams Club communications team um, as an intern for the 2022 to 23 
year. So it's going to span from May 2022 to May 2023. Um, I'm also working alongside Jalen Murray, if you recognize that name, uh, women's basketball player and star. She's awesome. So the two of us are going to get to work together a lot um, this upcoming year. Man, that'll be great. Good, good, good. And so as an intern with the Rams Club communication team, what, what all kinds of stuff, I mean, I know you've not been in it too long yet, but what all kinds of stuff are, are your job and duties? Yeah, so um, we get to do a lot of social media posts, you know, brainstorm, think about new things that we can bring in to really connect with fans and donors of the Rams Club. Um, and along with, you know, working on the Born and Bred magazine, which I am, might be biased, but I think it's a really great magazine. <laughs> um, along with, you know, updating our members um, through emails and other avenues about um, ways that they can help out the programs and also, you know, what their donations are are doing for these student athletes. Yeah, man. And, and that's so important for like, if, if you want to see these young men and women succeed on the field of play, like you, you need to help out and lend a hand and, and you're helping you're, you are a direct conduit to helping people see how they can do that. Yeah. It, it's honestly, um, I feel like I have a really unique position working uh, with the football team and then also covering women's lacrosse. And then mm -hmm. I also cover a little bit of women's basketball while I was at the Daily Tar Heel. And so I feel like I got to, you know, know these players on a, on a personal and professional level. And I, I've been able to see the opportunities that the Rams Club donors provide for mm. these student athletes and how grateful they are. And um, I, th I think one of them put it as they give us opportunities to celebrate they give us opportunities yeah. to win and celebrate those wins. Um, and so to be able to be able to help with that is just um, absolute dream. Absolute dream. That's so good. Speaking of dreams, what you've had all these various opportunities. You, you've got your, you've graduated from one of the most prestigious universities that our country has. What, what are your hopes and dreams? What would you love to do? Oh gosh. Um, right now I feel like, you know, I've been here and I've been there and I feel like I've gained experience in a lot of different places. And, um, right now I love being able to, uh, work with the communications team at the Rams club because I feel like, um, I get to dip my toe in each of those places, you know, mm -hmm. writing and journalism with born and bred, and then also using my media skills for social media and video editing for, you know, packages we put together. Um, and, I would love one day to be able to put all of those together. So, you know, working for like ESPN, ACC Network, SEC Network, uh, CBS, CBS Sports, anything like that. I would love to be able to yeah. um, kind of bring all those things together. And I think a particular dream of mine, I would love to produce a 30 for 30 on ESPN. I think that would mm. be really cool. Yes, that would be super cool. Well, my sister, go out and do it. Make it happen. I believe in you Absolutely. and everybody listening does as well. That's awesome. Well, uh, you. before you get too far gone away from being a student, what you as, as a recent grad have had this neat opportunity to witness innumerable, incredible athletic events in your time as a Tar Heel. What, what is the student just like Joe Schmo student athletic experience like? I came in, I actually transferred my freshman year. So I came in as a sophomore to Carolina and I was so excited because, you know, this place 
was like, we're always dominant in basketball and, you know, we're always on the national stage. And then to have kind of an off season and then COVID hit, it was kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of being, you know, like, I feel like I'm, I'm not getting to see the full fruition of, you know, a lot of these teams. Um, And so I had completely written off the idea of rushing Franklin street as a student after the uh, UNC Duke game at UNC this past year, my friends and I were like, okay, well, it's never going to happen for us. seems like it's never, never going to work out. And then the day of um, (laughs) the game at Cameron, I came back from football practice, took a nap. I didn't make any plans. I was just going to sit on my couch in the living room and watch the game with my roommates. And then we got to halftime and I thought, oh my gosh, we could do this. And all my friends started (laughs) pouring in because I live close to Franklin Street. And so they all started texting, can I come over and watch the the last part with you? And it was just so spontaneous and we were all so happy. And it was like this sense of just absolute shock and absolute euphoria that I got to rush Franklin Street. And I got to have this experience that countless other Tar Heels have had in the past. And it was it was like a dream, honestly. Um, this, like I said before, coming to the school feels like winning the lottery in a lot of ways. Um, it's so special, and I don't think there's any other place like it, especially when it comes to the athletics programs. Mm. Um, and so to be able to witness this Final Four National Championship runner-up run um, also felt like winning the lottery because we weren't <laughs> expecting it in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. Throughout my years to see so many amazing programs, women's soccer, women's lacrosse, um, baseball doing well, football doing well, and then men's basketball, it finally felt like my time had come to a pinnacle. And I am so excited for this um, class of 2023 to get to experience the same thing, hopefully next year, um, of just awesome athletics and, you know, uh, really understand what it means to celebrate that and to be a part of the Carolina family. Man, amen to that. You've hit it spot on. I, I usually ask my final question is, uh, Sophia, what does it mean to you to be a Tar Heel? But I think you just answered it. Very well done. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thank you so much to Sophia for joining me and all just her great stories and experiences that she shared with us. Coming up on tomorrow's show, as every Wednesday, Coach Pat Kilby joins me. We're going to be talking about Tyler Nickel as part of our uh, Wednesday summer series where we're previewing the 2022-23 UNC men's basketball roster. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. Smash the like button and leave a comment. Now, let me encourage you to make Locked On NBA Big Boards your second listen of the day. Host Rafael Barlow and the whole team give you an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, latest player rankings, mock drafts, and of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Boards every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and anywhere you get podcasts. Please don't forget to follow the show at Locked on Heels. You can follow Sophia on Twitter. You see uh, her Twitter handle there as you're watching the interview. And you can follow mine at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Thanks so much for spending part of your Tuesday hanging out, chatting with Sophia and myself. It was a great day. 
And you know what? Every day is a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>